Hi, I'm Jennifer Zollett. And I'm Larkin Bell. Welcome to our podcast, A Brighter Lens. For this week's episode, we talked with writer, director, and U.S. Army veteran Satinder Kaur about her short film, Blood and Glory. Blood and Glory premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival and won the grand prize in Women in Media's Camaraderie Initiative. Kaur is a fellow of the Writers Guild Foundation's Veterans Writing Project, and she recently started at the Global Talent Development and Inclusion Program at NBC Universal, where she is currently writing two features as part of the program. Enjoy our episode with Sati. Hi. 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 So amazing that you guys started this podcast. We need these stories. We need a platform like this. So oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, we, we thought so too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, to get started, if you could just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your short film, Blood and Glory, that was selected to premiere at this year's Tribeca Film Festival. Um, hi, uh, my name is Satinder Kaur, and um, I am the writer-director of Blood and Glory. Um, it's, it's, uh, the story itself is a little bit based on my own experiences. Um, I used to be in the military, and um, after I came back, um, I was deployed to Baghdad for a year. Um, after I came back, I moved to Los Angeles, and I got into USC, and um, I started volunteering on uh, Skid Row. And as many people know, there's a very large um, homeless population concentrated um, on Skid Row because that's where most of the services are. And, um, and so one day while I was volunteering, I saw a woman walk past me um, and she had her dog tags, her military dog tags on, and she was wearing um, her combat boots. And so I could tell that she was a veteran and she was clearly, you know, homeless. Um, and when she walked past me, I saw a very large period stain on her back. And, um, and that image, um, you know, sort of devastated me. And it ended up becoming the, the, um, the fuel for Blood and Glory, for writing this film. Um, because even for myself, uh, transitioning from um, the military to civilian life had its challenges, but I was very lucky in that I had a community and I had a safety net and I had resources, access to resources, but a lot of people don't have that. And, um, and so, uh, so Blood and Glory came into being as a means to kind of process all of that and kind of share that experience with people. Uh, because when people think about veterans, they don't really think about women often, you know, that's not the image that they have. Um, so Blood and Glory, it's, the, it's a short film, you know, 12 minutes long. And um, it's the story about the friendship between two homeless veterans. Um, they're both women living on the streets of LA. And um, one of them has a severe debilitating PTSD and the other one takes care of her friend while trying to get their life back on track. Um, and in this short film, we follow their lives over the course of one particular day as they face the many obstacles 
and how those obstacles kind of test their friendship. And um, we got into Tribeca, which was really amazing. Um, and then, of course, with coronavirus, uh, the festival itself was canceled slash postponed because they are still planning on doing some sort of physical screening, perhaps in fall, depending on where the country is at that point. Um, but they did do a jury and press screening. Um, they shared the film with the jury and the press, and um, they still uh, continued with the, with the competition itself. So that was really cool to be in competition and to watch that process. Wow. Yeah. So wondering a little bit about the process of making the film, you won the grand prize from Women in Media's Camaraderie Initiative. We're curious about that and how, um, how they were involved in the process of making your film. Yeah. You know, so I wrote the script a few years ago and um, I wanted to shoot it, but as with all indie films, you know, finding the resources to make a film, it's very challenging. And then you're busy with working on other projects. And um, I, last year I came across uh, this competition that Women in Media was running called the Camaraderie Initiative. And you just had to submit a short script. Um, and so I did that, didn't think much about it. I actually submitted, I think the day of the deadline. Um, and uh, a few weeks later, found out that I was a semifinalist in the competition, which was very exciting. And then I think there were about 20 of us who were semifinalists. And so we were invited to pitch to a room full of people. Um, and out of that, and we had personal interviews as well. And then after that, they selected three projects that they, did, they wanted to support. And they gave us all the resources from the equipment and the gear to, um, you know, uh, funding for, for catering and permits and, and anything you can imagine that goes into making a short film, including uh, post-production support. Um, so honestly, if it wasn't for women in media, we wouldn't have been able to make the film. Um, and uh, they also gave us mentors um, who uh, guided the process along every step of the way. Um, and this was actually the first year that Women in Media has done this. And if, if some people don't know, Women in Media is an amazing organization that is really committed to um, getting more women to tell their stories. And they're actually doing the work um, to get women jobs, to get, help women uh, make their projects. And a lot of the projects that were chosen as my finalist last year actually went on to uh, be made. Uh, because women in media connected those women with uh, crew and like other other resources, so it's actually been really exciting to watch how um, the women who were in our cohort from last year, like how everyone's go moving on and 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 you know making films, which is what we need. You know, more of us telling our stories. Could you tell us about a favorite memory from creating your film at any part in the process? Oh my God, there's so many. Um, <laughs> But you know, when you when you write a script, you have so for, with this particular script, one thing I really wanted was to work with an actual veteran for the role of Jackie, the lead protagonist. And I wasn't sure if that was going to happen. Um, we auditioned a lot of people, um, and and we also opened up the casting call to veterans, and we had quite a few amazingly talented women come in, you know, who had served in the military who auditioned for us. But it wasn't until I saw Jamarla and her 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 initial audition, and then the initial auditions were all self tapes, 
and then her call back when I met her and her was in her presence in the room. Um, I was just blown away by her. And it was the moment when I saw her, I was like, okay, now this is this she's she's the one, you know, she is Jackie. She's the person that that I envisioned in my head. And then to see her there in real life was just incredible. And from there all the pieces started coming together. And, and she's a Navy veteran. And, um, and the incredible thing is that this, I, I didn't know this initially, but it was only in the process of uh, really connecting with her. She shared her story about how she herself had a very difficult transition out of the military. Um, and she found herself in a financial position where she was stealing food for her kids. Um, and, and there's, there's a whole story that I don't feel like I have the right to tell, but she shares it herself. And, um, and I, I, and she's been very open about sharing it on other panels that we've been on. Um, but the fact that she was able to connect to the material at such a personal level, and she kept saying the script was written for her, like this was the film that she needed to make for her own healing to take place. It was very like, um, I mean, it gives me goosebumps every time. Like it was like we all got connected in in this incredible way, and um, and the film, you know, I'm just amazed that the film still exists and the people came together to make it. <laughs> wow, that's really beautiful, and I feel like this type of story is not is not heard too often, um, but I'm sure more people relate to it. Um, are other are people able to watch the film now, or or um, is it not available yet? It's not available yet because um, we're still we've submitted to a lot of fest other festivals that we're waiting to hear back from. Um, you know, this is a year of, of the festivals, whether they're virtual or in person, you know, we'll see what happens. And then after this year, um, we'll make it available, you know, on one of the platforms online. But, you know, if anyone's interested in watching the film, they can always contact me because we're my producer, Ivana and I were very open about sharing the film privately with people. Anybody who wants to watch it, anybody who want, who thinks that they this film could help them in their work, if they're doing any kind of advocacy for women, for veterans, for period uh, poverty, for homelessness issues, um, we're open to sharing the film for that work. One last question before we venture away from the film for a second. You, you're examining female friendship in, in the short, and that's something we're always really interested in. Can you kind of tell us what you're exploring um, through that lens in, in, your, in Blood and Glory? I think in, in Blood and Glory, the aspect that was um, really important to me to showcase was when you think about the military and most of the stories that we have on screen about the military, it's about always about the brotherhood, right? Like uh, battle buddies who have each other's back. And it's always men who will do anything and will go to any length to take care of each other, right? And somehow that kind of courage to put your life on the line for another human being is always considered masculine, you know? And we've seen that portrayed in movies and stories over and over again. And I wanted to kind of show that same, same type of loyalty to each other and courage to, to do anything for each other, you know, um, from a female lens. Uh, because for me being in the military, you know, my battle buddy who was with me throughout my, throughout my entire deployment, like we had each other's back and we would have done anything for each other. Um, 
but I just I think when it comes to female friendship, it, it's not given the same type of weight, the same type of uh, honor. Um, it's somehow considered less. It's considered more melodramatic when it comes to movies than it is when it's male friendship. It's considered, oh, uh, you know, I'm not able to articulate this because I haven't uh, said this out loud before. But kind of that's kind of where the story came from was to to show female friendship in, in, in that way. Wow. That's so yeah. beautiful. <laughs> I really hope is. that was clear. Yeah. Like, wow. And it makes so much sense. And I just had never really thought about it in that way. But it's so fascinating through the lens of the military, especially just highlighting those differences and how, yeah, we don't, we don't see stories of women um, honored in that way or like that friendship in that way and whereas it's like you're heroic if you're a man and have the courage to like do anything for your brother uh yeah wow thank you for telling that story our last question is we're curious what is keeping you creative during quarantine well i'm writing a lot more um just because there's more time um one really amazing thing that happened at the start of the quarantine was um, I got to create short films for PBS about the impact of coronavirus in, um, in, in the lives of the people that I knew. And so creating those short films really helped me kind of get a wider perspective. Um, like one of my friends that I filmed, um, she remotely did interviews remotely. Uh, she just had a baby. So it was like how what the process of having a newborn in the midst of this crisis. Another friend is getting married, was supposed to get married next month and what's happening with their plans. And um, another friend is the nurse in Seattle and how this is impacting her life, you know. Um, and so I think paying attention to the lives of others and how there, you know, what this, how this virus is really playing out and where the, the different ways that it's causing suffering to other people. And, and I think, I think as storytellers, we're always trying to find truth in the stories that we tell. And I think more than ever right now, like being a witness to this and really like like really paying attention and then seeing how we can tell stories that help us process this pain, process this suffering. And, and so that we can collect collectively come to a place of um, like healing eventually that we need that I don't think has happened yet. And I don't think we've even mourned collectively of the loss of so many lives. You know, um, I think we're in this weird place where you don't want to turn on the news because there's just so much chaos and so much, um, sorrow and 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 sometimes it's hard to reconcile that with your own life where you're like well I'm fine you know my life is okay like I'm not being that you know I, for all the privileges that I have it's not impacting me in the way that it is other people other people excuse me um, but I think we'll need to tell stories that help us make sense of this moment and um, and I think right now that is kind of the fuel for waking up every day and and paying attention and writing and um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow, that's such a thoughtful response yeah. and really resonated with me, yeah. Um, thank you, Jennifer. And are those shorts online? Can people watch those? 
Yes, they're part of the PBS American Portrait Project. Um, actually, last week it aired um, online. PBS made a documentary, and so some of the clips from my interviews were part of that documentary. Um, so you can watch the larger documentary on PBS. Um, I think it's called, I can't remember the title right now. Um, but you can also um, go to my website, and I have some of them on my website. Um, but you can also go to PBS's American Portrait website and see them there as well. Um, okay, great. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> cool. So we end every interview with our lightning round. You can answer in a word or phrase, kind of the first thing that pops into your, to your mind. Um, so we start with three, your favorite or most influential film. Do the right thing. Two, dream person you want to work with. Um, actually, one of the dream people I wanted to work with passed away a couple of weeks ago, and well, more than a couple of weeks ago, and that was really heartbreaking. Um, Ifran Khan, he's a Bollywood uh, movie star, and he was somebody I really admired, and um, and it was just that moment of like realization: wow, like you know, these things that you take for granted, um, you just don't know who's. And he was so young, and he passed, you know, and um, so that was hard, like hard to process. Um, I would love, 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 love to work with um, uh, Eva DuVernay uh, someday. Um, you know, she's been such a force of uh, inspiration and, and just like, I want to follow in her footsteps. <laughs> Lovely. Um, one, best advice you've ever received? I want to say don't give up, but that's so generic. I'm sure there's better advice, but uh, I mean, just don't give up, you know, as long as you keep going, things will happen. Yeah. <laughs> and action, where can people follow you on social media? Um, so I do have a social media presence, but I'm not always present to it. <laughs> you can follow me. Um, I have, uh, follow me on Instagram. It's Sati Films. Um, and my website is satikar.com. Awesome. Yeah. Thank cool. you. Guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. <laughs> you, you both inspire me with the work that you're doing. And I'm really grateful to be a part of this. Oh, wow. Oh, thank thank you. you. We're so happy yeah. to have you. Um, I'll right. hope, to, hope to meet you in real life soon. So, yes. Yeah. I so too. Yeah. Keep doing okay. this amazing work. Thank, Thank you, you so you much. Too. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you can find us at abrighterlens.com and at abrighterlens on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at abrighterlens at gmail.com. You can download the show wherever you listen to podcasts and on Apple Podcasts where we'd love it if you left us a review. Our theme song was composed by Jesse Nelson. Our logos were designed by May Cafferty. Our associate producer is Elise Welch. Larkin Bell.